0: re Rewrite re, re, it. Check Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. I said Monday, Wednesday, Friday. yeah. But we
1: going to rewrite it, though. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen. I am one third of our incredible, illustrious trio, Armand Sather. Um, the John Cena of journalism, the Brock Lesnar of broadcasting, the Roman Reigns of rhetoric, and the Paul Heyman of podcasting. By now, what, we're four seasons in. Y'all should know that I do not, I have not ever done this show alone. I got my two incredible co-hosts with me. Cece, how you feeling, my brother?
0: What's good? It's Cece, best rapper and producer in the whole wild world. Got body because I consume healthy products and do towel crows, benevolent servant to the earth, and philanthropist. Every phrase I say is a gem like Amethyst. You could but any nigga next to me, your girl gonna be like, "Who the fuck, man, is this?" I may talk a lot, but I only got one thing to say: love yourself, so, keep going. You are in the world. Give all you can. Take care of your body, your people, and your land. Where my nigga Chan? Um, you know we're here.
2: We are, you know, reporting live from the mid car mafia. You know, intrepid reporter. Um, you know, knees deep into the mid car scene. You know, we're at a good spot right now. Gunther really doing this thing on um, Raw. They tried to they tried to big time us with that World Heavyweight title belt because they, they saw us get a little too much on. They're like, let's settle down now. And so I, I do respect that the new belts are getting their time. But I'm really excited to see what they do with this U.S. title. I think theory stuff has been cool. But I, I'm interested to see kind of moving to SmackDown, getting them on Fox. Where they kind of put, you know, Theory and that U.S. title belt because it's, it's an interesting position because with SmackDown you just had it so associated with Gunther the I.C. belt and then on Raw it just felt like Theory just faced Bobby Lashley like every single week for the U.S. title in some different way and Lashley so it's just interesting or Seth <laughs> yeah like just over and over and so it's just interesting yeah. seeing the what the difference will be you know with the new set of challengers. Just a new show. I just feel like SmackDown has a totally different vibe, having Roman there all the time, too. Like, so it would just be interesting, especially now that this is not, you know, Money in the Bank theory. This is, you know, a little bit more serious theory. I guess I to see, you know,
1: where what they do with that U.S. belt. They give it to someone more veteran, you know, who gets it. I am really interested in seeing how the flip-flop plays out over time because Gunther he'd only been on the main roster for, he'd been on the main roster for less than a year and he was on Mm -hmm. SmackDown the entire time. And he was just such a constant presence, something that I was like used to, and he's doing great on raw, Mm -hmm. but I definitely, I definitely want to see how it plays out over time. Theory. I I think he can still find his footing on SmackDown. I love the pairing, the pairing with pretty deadly. Um, But I'm, I'm interested in seeing like a year from now how we feel about theory's presence on SmackDown and Gunther's presence on raw. Um, but yeah, and you guys can get this type of talk, all types of talk on the A Show Patreon, Patreon.com backslash the A Show RNC, where you can get early access to the A Show with J5 and Meals, the War Report with Cyrus and Kwan, spot callers, um retro diaries, you can ask us questions, you could give us hot takes, you get access to the next merch uh, whenever that comes. There's just so many things you can get on our Patreon. So once again, strongly suggested if you're going to put your coins anywhere in this wrestling content space, and there are some quality Patreons, but... So, uh, for our public listeners, um, if you are not subscribed to the Patreon, you missed a very fun Before We Write trivia segment focused on debuts, popular debuts and some obscure debuts. And if you want to hear that fun, very fun trivia segment, then all you got to do is subscribe to that Patreon, patreon.com backslash The A Show RNC. Let's get into our pre-write, recap some things that are happening i'm gonna kick it off so the, the draft just passed obviously um and for some years now um ever since the last draft happened in 2021 we've been talking about call-ups 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 bra breakers ready mellows ready um this person's ready that person's ready we and we've seen the draft happen and we've seen a lot of people get immersed immediately into the main roster pretty deadly is cooking zoe stark is cooking um Grayson waller two Grayson waller effect segments one with aj one with oscar and all the women like we've seen a lot of great things but another great thing that they've done and this is, j5 talked about this on on the a show the nxt call downs all these free agents who are not tied to one brand having the freedom to go to whatever brand because you think about the free agents you know brock is going to be one but brock going to nxt that's not going to happen uh omar's a free agent um, Omos going to nxt probably not gonna happen would it be fire I, hey man uh Omos versus braun if, if Omos turns face just, just turn me up turn me up I'm, I'm i'm with that but the guys like ali who we saw come down to nxt last week baron corbin who we saw come down to nxt last week and attack uh carmelo hayes and it's like there's so many people floating on this main roster who really ain't doing nothing who could either benefit themselves from going down NXT or benefit the roster. Dana Brooke <laughs> immediately comes to mind. You ain't got shit going on. respectfully, you're probably not gonna have nothing going on in that main roster. You might need to go down and work with Roxanne and work with Tiff and like get your skills up. And also you just bring that veteran presence to them. Um, you think about someone like um Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. Sheldon is a 20-year vet. Like Sheldon he I mean, I don't I feel like Sheldon might go down there and have fun. Like Shelton versus Wesley. I will watch that Sheldon versus Melo or Cedric versus Melo. I, I will watch that. Like, you know, Sheldon's obviously got some time in the game, he do not show up often. But if you're invested in seeing the company push forward and seeing people within the company continue to get better, you can go down to NXT and have some fun. NXT is fun, man. Like, they do a lot of fun. shit. I, I'm, I'm sure Apollo had fun. Um, AJ going down, face, facing Grayson, um, Worlds Collide when Nikki Ash and Dewdrop came down and faced the women's tag team champions like there's a lot of a lot of different talent you can go down and and, and play around with and you can also just either reintroduce yourself to an audience who knew you or you can go, like this is ali's first time at nxt a lot of people don't know that ali was never in nxt cedric alexander was never in nxt or i think ali was there for a brief period of time sheldon obviously was never there barrett corbin's been on the main roster this whole time like he hasn't been back on nxt since 2016 so you you have the opportunity to go down Get, get over somewhere when you're not over on the main roster get better and also help the talent get better so i think it's a really really smart thing um and, and I, I think these are the type of things that, that we would fantasy book and so to see it actually happening is like yo h sean you, you niggas is tapped in like you niggas are doing you niggas are doing doing a good thing so i'm i'm really fucking with these nxt call downs
0: yeah i agree it's like you know i think um we had like mentioned before uh, at some point, like, you know, shaking things up, like not being sure of like what exactly should be done, but hey, you know, let's like try some different things. And it's not like, you know, the concept is new. It's just like you said, just changing who it is that does it, bringing in these new situations that, that adds to the creativity of, and now you can have things happen in, in NXT that can further people's characters who were on a main roster who may go back and also gear those people up who are on NXT, uh, for the main roster by having them face people who were on it. So yeah, it's it's like a win-win, and then you got the fans with new matchups. It's a win-win-win. You know, everybody wins in that situation.
2: Yeah, I really don't understand people who are upset with that. It's like, what y'all y'all hate Baron Corbin. Every time Baron Corbin's on TV, I'm the only person who wants who's happy. So now you, that he's wrestling on NXT, and you you're mad about that too? So what is it's, he supposed to do? What
1: is, it's, it's, what is he, where is he supposed to go? It's literally you two, Bri Bosa, Sid, and, yeah. and, and Z who like Baron Corbin. Like, yeah. that's yeah. it. Bro. That's it. I don't know. No that's one else it. would like that nigga. <laughs> but all of a sudden, he'll NXT's like, oh, Baron Corbin came. He should be on NXT. He's like, make a decision, bro. This is exactly what yeah. Mello needs. Mello exactly. needs to f- a completely despicable heel.
2: He needs Dolph. Brock so, 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 Dolph. Someone
1: who's bigger than him. Th- yeah, that's exactly what I tweeted. The other I was like, yo, Baron don't got nothing going on, nothing. S- send him down there. You can even hot potato the title real quick like, really give Melo the, the, the adversity so he could really become a babyface. That's the biggest critique here is like, we don't believe Melo is a babyface, right? Still, yeah, like, we're still not there yet. He's popular, he gets cheered, but he's not necessarily conveying babyface. Baron Corbin is that launch pad to make that shit more convincing, 100%. and he doesn't have bad matches. Baron Corbin is
2: no one's ever been like, yeah, he can't wrestle. Like you might not like him, but like no one's like, he's a bad wrestler. Like he's a perfectly sound wrestler.
0: And that's why I like him. Cause I like pr- the the thing, like I'm not a person who likes wrestlers. I like the product. And so when I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, who's doing the best thing for this product in a consistent way. And after a while I was like, yo, this nigga Baron Corbin, like, keeps it going. Like he's one of the people who keeps the train going. Like, and that's just what it is. Like, some of your favorites get injured every fucking three months. Some of your favorites be having doo-doo-ass matches in between. Like, if you if your problem is that he's not wowing you, that's cool. But you can't you can't come up here and say, Oh my god, this nigga's having terrible matches. At the very least, he's keeping it level, which is his fucking job. And that's what I like. I like when people are really good at their jobs. That nigga's really good at his job.
2: Deep six, cool end of bro. days cool like i like
0: hey bro like come on it's cool it's cool bro, the move where you go out cool. on the map go around the, the corner and come back in that shit hard bro
1: cool. <laughs> what the fuck? that shit fire in uh in a 2k too this nigga t- yeah. t- Ty- tyrell hit me with that shit i was like oh baron's leaving the ring Nigga sprints back in clothes i'm like hold on whoa 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 <laughs> oh that's not cool I, you. I, how, you, how you supposed to reverse that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's what i got man shout out to these nxt call downs and just kind of also having that synergy because for people who don't watch either the main shows or they don't watch nxt like you see this nigga you're like wait who is this and they say oh he's coming from raw you might go watch raw or someone from nxt coming up it's like oh i don't watch who's he's on nxt he's this champion you go Mm -hmm. watch nxt you draw people to both shows like it's just good business it's good business Mm -hmm. that's it uh, and uh CC, you you have a point related to business, and I'm I'm sure it's gonna be bad, bad business. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I
0: think we need to talk about it. Um, bad business is the correct way to describe where I'm about to go with this. Um, guys, let's let's just be honest here, right? The world has been globalized, you know. Um, there's barely any real borders, even though people are trying to make sure they're staying up. But, you know, stuff's happening all over the world. I know kids who uh, grew up in the hoods of America listening to K-pop. You know, I've seen niggas do the toughest shit in the world. These motherfuckers know more Taylor Swift than my damn co-workers. It, it's, just, it's just crazy right now. There's stuff all over the place, um, which means there's more opportunity. You know, there's more spaces uh, to do things. And wrestling is one of those spaces. Or at least it could be if it wasn't for fucking AEW. I am going <laughs> to break down... Just how terrible this company. This, this is the reason why I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna break this down. Just so I will let everybody know, the my problem is is that it doesn't need to be a product that I like. It doesn't need to be a a, a product, um, you know, that hits like certain numbers or whatnot. Um, at the very base, what it should do is find an audience. Find people to perform for that audience and take care of the people who perform for that audience. And if you can, also the audience as well as your actual business. None of those things are happening at this business. None of those things are happening. Bro, imagine like going to work and like you just got diagnosed with cancer and your boss is like, all right, but you're going to go and do that presentation though, right? Or whatever, which is essentially happening. Or having situations where niggas being like, listen, We're trying to make sure there's more black executives. You know, uh, we're trying to hire for more higher positions. So here you go. You know, you're gonna have your own department, hire you whatever. You never get a project, can't add add anything to your resume for four years. I mean, come on, bro. Like if I put it in other analogy, in other terms, you'd be like, why would somebody do that? That's what these niggas is doing, bro. Like, and the worst part about it is the fans are suffering because there is a base that's there that wants to see a lot of the things that they put on TV. But because they're running their business so terribly, I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, to keep that. And it's going to it's going to ruin the next people who go to to do uh, this same thing because they're, gonna, uh, they're going to go to investors. And those investors are going to be like, yeah, but we'll look what that last company who went up, you know, and tried to do some things like WWE were doing and try to get big. That That's a closed market. You can't do it like that's that's ultimately my problem if you're gonna fuck up your own plate nigga it's your plate I can't tell you what to do with it but this nigga is literally fucking up people's other you know these niggas like they fucking up other people's plates we talk about people in that actual uh promotion as well as people who are in other promotions like I know he he probably thought he was in character or maybe even not in character and just deciding shooting was great but when MJF buried NGP uh NJPW like that or whatever that shit like wasn't cool like that was it was weird And it's just little shit like that, where it's like you letting your people who even work for you to do that, you're not treating them right. I think what what upsets me about it the most is we have a time where you can get into so many different things. And instead of saying, well, here are all the wrestlers and actually training people and doing blah, 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 and taking the time to give people something good as well as treat the people well who are doing it, actually give them opportunities to actually showcase their skills, but also make sure they're taken care of or whatever. Instead of doing that, you're just fucking around and it's like irresponsible it's it's an and it's an and as somebody who just likes studying different like little business shit it's annoying to watch a nigga just waste money that's the most annoying part about it but yeah i just had to get that off my chest i still fuck with some of the people over there even some of the people i think is like tiny tiny bit corny but i still you know i'll watch them every now and then there's nothing against them or the fans or anything like that i just hate when a nigga run bad business there's some bad fucking business man
1: I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really got much else to say. Like, no notes. It's just like, bro, it's, you know, I've, I've really come to terms with what that company is going to be, but it's just like, it's, it's like, when, when you see an artist, a, a music artist, and you like their stuff, and you know what it could be if they do certain things better, like Bruh. they get, they get a better engineer, they, they do more features, they, they yeah. perform they do better promotion with this try that like,
0: voice that you did for two seconds in that song for like a whole song like little shit, yeah. yeah
1: it's just like you have all the parts to make a really great song, but you don't use the parts the right way and then you let some of like tony khan just don't got no control over mjf and it's like people think that 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 like edgy shit yeah it gets clips it pops the weird marks and shit but like you you can't position an MJF like you could position a Cody Rhodes or a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns like you just it's two different ballparks and again I think they're appealing to different people so holding them to a WWE standard is like inherently flawed but they're trying to compete with WWE yeah. <laughs> like they're like they're they're trying to be the alternative not they don't want to be one B or number two like they want to be number one and it's like to be number one you gotta you know you gotta knock down WWE and it's like Y'all ain't, y- 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 y'all ain't got that. <laughs> y'all don't got that. The-, the hottest thing going over there right now is my nigga Orange Cassidy. Pockets? Pockets is him, bro. Yeah, Pockets yeah, is him. Hard, bro. Pockets. Hard, bro. Pockets is nice. That's my guy, yo. That's what <laughs> I'm talking die, about
0: my bro. And the thing is, is, like, you see a character like that, and see, here's the thing about a character like that. A character like that, actually, like, that's one of my favorite kind of characters, because it doesn't... That character is so good, the fucking wrestling doesn't matter. It's just a good character, period, in any story, anywhere. That's a good character. So there's no reason why like a year from now, whatever, he shouldn't be showing up in like little comedies that he can like get into, you know, those like C and B list movies, but still get released to Netflix and maybe somebody might notice it that leads to the next thing, you know? Like he could play that kind of thing, like in a movie or like AW could like, you know, team up and do like a quick little episode with somebody. Like, it's just little things like that that you could be doing, that you're not doing, that you have all the resources technically to do. It's just that you're wasting that money on dumb shit and don't know what to do. So it's just like, you know, I'm it's just what the fuck.
2: I think part of it too, and this is like, part of my biggest problem, cause not even from a business side, almost from like a like a theoretical side. It's like, I see what you're trying to do. Cause you think, cause you do have people like Orange Cassidy or like some of the stuff House of Black does. we like, this is incredible. Like this is really cool. When you give someone creative control and they can just do whatever they want. But then you hear a name like mogul affiliates and you're like, yeah, maybe everyone shouldn't have that kind of free reign. You know, maybe that's maybe that's that's actually maybe everyone shouldn't be able to pick things. And I think that's just their problem over and over again is that you're you just can't. Unfortunately, you want to think you can let artists have full control over everything. But some people can't handle that or like that's not their skill set and you're just setting them up to fail by letting them do it. And that's just like the saddest part where it's like you, you have Keith Lee and Keith Lee used to be such a big deal, bro. Adam Cole used to be such a Andrade, bro. I almost did Andrade's call today, bro. You remember Andrade with Zelina, bro. You could have oh, told I'm me he's going to be the next WWE champion, bro. I would have, I would have bought it, bro. They made him us champion dumb early,
0: bro. He was on track, bro. Bro. Married Charlotte flair, bro. Like come on what are we doing? Real house husbands of WWE type shit, bro.
2: And he barely on TV, bro. It's just like it's like just annoying. It's like come on, yeah. bro. Like come on, man. But, you know, they'll figure. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. People. They're people. they don't figure out they do going to do what they're going to do, but it's just it's just it's just annoying. It's just like it just could be better. It just and that's the sad. It's like it just you just see how it just this could be. It don't have to be this way. It could just be better but it's not.
1: Simple as that. Uh, Chan, what you got first in the pre-write, my brother?
2: It's so funny because, you know, CC, mine really speaks to yours because I am a bit international with mine as well. Um, so, you know, WWE announced they're doing that show in India in September. They announced that a couple weeks ago. It was on all social media. I remember because I saw it. a bunch of people liked it, retweeted it. Then, recently, Share has redebuted with Jinder Mahal. People for some reason have not linked the two events and are like, why why is the industry with so much? Why why are they with so much? Do you know that there are one point four two nine billion people in India?
0: That is almost a qu- that is almost a quarter of the earth, nigga.
2: Billion. It's the second largest English speaking population in the entire world. Behind America. I just think about it, bro businesses are in the business of making money. If you're, you just saw, like we just had the bad bunny thing. Everyone saw how cool that was. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like, you don't think they're going to do the same thing when they go to India and the same thing when they go to the next country. It's like, this is going to just be a thing. Like just accept this is going to happen. Like I was looking at the the tag team. We haven't had like a real powerhouse tag team since like 2019 Viking Raiders. Like, most of our tag teams have been, like, RK bro, you know, um, Rollins and somebody, because he was doing that for quite some time, and then the Usos, the Street Profits. So, they've been kind of, like, more equal tag team, but we haven't had, like, a real bruising powerhouse tag team in a while, and it's like, you know this is WWE, they love their big boys, and you know they're going to do this show in their home country in three months. You can't tell me you don't think they're getting the match, bro.
1: Is 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 this you trying to kind of soften us for when Nav appears at, at the show? I'm
2: letting y'all know. <laughs> I'm like when, when when gender comes out to friends and family.
0: <laughs> and
2: that shit on Seth Rollins, <laughs> that that yell you're hearing is it someone dying? That's
1: me. I'm, I'm sober. I just don't know who I am. <laughs> that would be kind of hard though like for real if they really did come
2: out to sudan bro ipod bro that would be fucking hard bro bro that would be yeah, hilarious. It's, it's like it's just like come on bro like like think, think about this if they go to africa kofi's gonna win too like this is going to be a thing just make peace with it don't act so surprised every time there's a hometown here they do the same thing when they go to fucking pittsburgh you don't think they're gonna do the fucking when they go to japan like well,
1: which is crazy because actually the, the trope is you lose in your hometown. Like, Bad Bunny is one of the few acts who won in his hometown. It's Bad Bunny, though. you you going to have that nigga Eat win. Up. But it's just like, okay. I feel like in this being featured prominently regardless is major for them and major for their people. So of um, Yeah, I, I think even if they aren't going to be future champions, definitely got to use them being on TV. Like, they did they really want Veer to work? Like, yeah, the, man. The, they had veer cooking the mysterios like they really really? they really want veer to work that they know gender is gender draws attention it's typically negative but he draws attention Mm Sanga, i'm i'm not too familiar with him so honestly like you know (laughs) he's he's gonna be that there's always a third guy who's just like there But, but but veer is dope like i i actually do fuck with veer it's just like we we need we need more we need more. And so and and I, I think that you know like they they're still establishing it. What if they they've had like two matches so
2: oh yeah, I'm not saying they deserve it. I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying make peace with it. Like like it's like people just need to understand that like I feel like this is like something that as you get older you realize it, but like when you're young you don't is it like WWE, the NBA, the NFL, Rock Nation, they are in the business of making money full stop music wrestling that's just the means they're Mm -hmm. going to make the most money possible every time that's in that's the whole point they get fired if they did something else yeah yes if they see an opportunity to make a bunch of money they're gonna do that so just understand as this gets more global it's gonna be used to their advantage you're gonna start seeing programming in different languages. You think they let Oscar and Eo get up there and just speak Japanese for the fun of it? They're uh, y'all ready, bro. They're you ready for the revolution, bro. It's not getting it's not getting less, less cultural, bro. It's not getting less global over here. The world in WWE is really going, you're gonna feel that here in the
0: next few years. So I'm just telling people make peace with it now. Like just breathe through it. I'll see y'all boys when it's time to watch golf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: shout out to the blood money (laughs) let's move move on to our free right uh i'll kick it off because this is something that i've been thinking about a lot ever since monday night raw so we saw damian priest had the world heavyweight championship match against seth rollins he lost but finn Finn Balor came out and dame was looking at me he's like yo what are you doing now in my mind the first person who was always all right so actually actually i'll say it I always thought the first person who was going to end up leaving or getting kicked out of Judgment Day was Dom Mysterio. I felt like they would eventually get tired of his shit. He would get too cocky because he's been like, he's the mouthpiece and he wrestles, but I feel like he kind of gets them into shit too. Like he'll be like, you know, talking, and then Rhea will step up or or Finn and Damian will step up and have the matches. Like Dom, Dom wrestles. He don't wrestle a lot, but he wrestles, and so I I just thought eventually they would get tired of his stuff. But now you see. I don't want to say cracks are forming, but this is the first time we've really seen some type of like discord between Finn and Damian Priest. So it's like, damn, could Finn leave? Could Damian leave? Because I think we all know Finn want that world title match. And I think it's going to happen at some point. So I want to ask you two, who do y'all think will be the first person to leave or get kicked out of the judgment day?
2: I think it's so, it's kind of like, I was just saying, like, I remember after the Bad Bunny thing, it was all over Twitter. Damian Priest is viewed internally as a big guy. They're gonna looking at him as a main event guy. They're gonna push him. And I feel like people registered that but didn't understand what that was gonna look like. Cause to your point, I think originally Dom probably was going to be the first one out, but then him and Rhea got way too over. And they they're not gonna break that up. Cause that's like one like the West one of the most over things they have even like just on Twitter, like just seeing them like go viral. And so they look around and it's like, well, Finn with Judgment Day is kind of funny and he's not doing anything else. And if if Damien is going to be this main event guy, he can't, there's no way, like we talked about this last episode about who's going to win gold. I do not see Damien as the world heavyweight champion and Finn and Dom as tag team champions. Like I don't think that even really makes sense. So it's like, well, Dom has to leave then. He's too, he's too big for this thing. And I think that's kind of the pivot they're gonna start to make is that Damien is just gonna have to break off, but in a way where it's like not that they don't want him in the group, but he's just kind of like, I don't need y'all anymore. So I think now it's going to be Damien and he's gonna probably gonna. Get more like a singles run, probably be back at Gunther's face, you know, mid card type stuff. But I think it was probably need going that. to be Dom, but need, like I, I need Damien and Gunther punishment. Need that, yeah, bro. I, so I, I think that. that I think that's probably where we're headed with that. And I think Finn fin might place Gunther too. I mean, I could definitely see them running that with Judgment Day. But I think I definitely think it makes much more sense because it's like yeah, Dom and Rhea are far too over Finn with the three of them is still kind of funny. Damien's one who can fly solo for a little bit. I think you're good.
1: <laughs> and bro, look, I don't know if the streets remember. It was like 2019, 2020. Finn cut that promo on NXT. Yes, holding, sir. The, holding the passport, talking to Gunther. He was like, Hey yo, come like, face me. Come step to I'm, me. I'm, I'm I'm coming to see you. Like yeah, ho- holding the passport with it. like that was it was just a gangster. Yeah, it was right before COVID, bro. I remember, yeah. yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we we need that too. We need that too. So there's I'm a saying. lot of it's a lot of interesting things that happen. But yeah, it's like I don't know the last time we've seen a stable like this. Typically, it's one star and then mm-hmm. two people kind of beneath them. But it's like with the way Damien's been working this year, you could see him being a real world title contender. But then Finnit, yeah. Finn fin is Finn, so it's like, what are they gonna do? So that, that's where I'm kind of I'm kind of lost at. CC- it's
2: almost like, uh, oh, go oh, sorry, it's almost like a not the same, but like an evolution situation where it's like, yeah, bro, Batista's just too big now. I'm sorry, like he can't be here anymore. Yeah, bro. Randy Orton's just too popping, bro. He can't be here anymore. Like it's it's not a thing of like, I they kicked him out, but it's more just like yeah, Batista. He's the fucking animal. Randy Orton's the fucking man, bro. Like yeah. so you got to, and it's like you know I'd be cool when they face each other down the road and come back and
1: reform and all that stuff, but you know you gotta let him leave the nest. Yeah, and it's 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 like I think I think Dame's second babyface run is going to be great because his first babyface yeah. run like he was riding up the momentum of like debuting with Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, facing off with the Miz, then his U.S. title run is when shit kinda got awkward. But now that he's established the character, getting more comfortable on the mic, like I think his second baby face run could be really good. Then we've seen he can be really good with it. So yeah, I think I think whatever direction they like it's like J five said again, like Dom is the they're gonna have the hardest time turning Dom baby face. Like, and I think it would start with Judgment Day beating his ass and then Santos and Ray helping him, but um yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting situation. Uh, CC, what you got for Judgment Day, man? How, how do you think this powerful stable, one of the most... It's, it's, since the bloodline fell apart, Judgment Day is, is the most powerful stable. It's either them or, or it's Imperium. So how do you think Judgment Day falls apart?
0: This is so funny because this is going to be my question. This is the first question I thought about. Uh, so for me, um, for the exact same reason that Chan said, Damian, Rhea. Um, you know, Rhea's like, for me, I can see them doing a play where Rio looks around and she's like, I'm the only one around here that has any goal. Like, you know, I'm the one only one around here that's done this, that's done that, blah, 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 um, you know. And then that could be like another way to turn Dom face in a weird way is like him being like kind of like this, the the lover who's like being abandoned by their more successful, you know, driven by success and kind of, not putting themselves into the relationship anymore or whatever, like that kind of angle. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see Rhea as the only uh the only other one that's probably like most viable to me. If if it's not Rhea, then definitely Damien. But but yeah, for where Finn and um Damar right now, I've never seen them in better places. And I don't want to see them to go anywhere else soon unless, you know, it really, really makes sense. Whereas with Damien and Rhea, they've already established such uh, sort of like a presence at least with me as individuals pre-judgment day and even within the judgment day um, with the way that their characters are that I can just see them you know going off on their own I will say though before they break up Dom got to figure out this
2: gear I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the vest is, is it it's it's kind of like the Roman thing for me where it's like bro you weren't too much clothes bro like it's, it's getting weird bro with the tassels and it was cool when he was with Ray because Ray wears the baggy pants. So I was like, oh, y'all both got silly pants on. But Dom might have to do change up the gear a little bit. If you want to kind of fly solo and be a little bit more imposing, I'm going to need you to take off that vest, bro. <laughs> it's just a thought. Just a note. Can I go next? Perfect. Oh, yes. Yeah, so- because mine kind of plays into that one. Speaking of Rhea Ripley. So. Hypothetically speaking, we are at the pinnacle of what I like to call the Charlotte verse. Um, so, this is a hypothetical triple threat match that could happen um, between the Charlotte verse. So, we have Charlotte Flair versus dark Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, versus Charlotte Flair Jr., Tiffany Stratton. Who wins the match? Who is the superior Charlotte? Special question. Uh, Damn. Like right now? Like if they had this match, let's say WrestleMania. They make it Charlotte wins the Royal Rumble. She challenges both Rhea and Tiffany. She says, I want both titles. At WrestleMania, so that's wow. actually a fire storyline. I wow. shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that because that's storyline. no. Actually incredible story no line. I need it, Janet.
1: What? That's crazy. <laughs> that's
2: something Charlotte could really get off. Be like, I won Royal Rumble. I want, I want both. So Twitter's, not, Twitter's not,
1: Twitter's not going to be happy with you. Both titles in one match that that cuts off another deserving woman. They, hey man, and they're keeping track
2: <laughs> of the of those matches, brother. They know, they know the minutes and the seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they um, know.
1: Shit, I mean, if it was. At a WrestleMania between Tiffany and Charlotte, because this would mean Tiffany is on the main roster. I feel like if this was like her first year on the main roster, Tiffany would probably lose. Yeah. If she's a couple of years, it's kind of similar to the Rhea situation. Rhea was NXT champion. She wasn't even on the main roster yet. Yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte beat her, took the title. And then we see what three years later, Rhea beats her. So I think if it's Tiffany's first year, she loses that kind of empowers a, a whole baby face run um but if it's like a couple years down the road because Charlotte's getting up there she's like late 30s I'm pretty sure so and I think her being willing to put over Rhea is obviously amazing so I get that and I think I think I'm sure Charlotte has a lot of respect for Tiffany because I think everyone has a lot of res- respect for Tiffany so I think at that point, I feel like Charlotte might be willing to put her over. I, I feel like she would see a lot of herself in Tiffany. And it's like, it's time for you to kind of take over and be the workhorse. Like, I, I'm the attraction. I've been the attraction. I, I don't need to show up as often. You're the person who could be here and, you know, hold this title and really run the division. So I could see Tiffany beating Charlotte one-on-one. Now, if it's a triple threat, mm-hmm. that changes That changes everything. <laughs> I feel like that, that changes everything, um, especially Charlotte as the Rumble winner. It's her Challenging both of those women, because that would mean Tiffany is a main roster champion.
2: And this she challenges for the NXT championship and the I hate that they call it the SmackDown Championship because it's not raw, but
1: yeah, oh my God. That's yeah, that's wild because wow. I feel
2: um, like Charlotte and Charlotte Brock Lesnar, the Undertaker, could get this off. Just being like, I want to. And then it's had to be like, What you scared?
1: That would that would be a huge attraction. Like you're you're incorporating the NXT crowd, the mayor also crowd, Charlotte brings who she brings, Rear brings who she brings. It's t- That's a tough one. That's a tough okay. one. Especially because like who's supreme? There's there's been some good women's triple threat matches. Um My Fear is a situation like the Becky Rhonda Charlotte one happening where that one, the chemistry was a little off there.
2: It was also like one o'clock in the morning.
1: It was late, yeah. It was late too. Um, it was too late, bro. So shit, I I, I can't call that one. CC, you 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 take that one. I, I I don't got nothing. So here's what I think
0: we should do. I think it should be a triple threat match. I think the rules should be that since we're talking about Charlotte throwing her weight around, I think the rules should be that Charlotte challenged for the title. Only she can win both titles, <laughs> but whoever if she, you know if the one pins the other whoever gets pinned in that situation has to face charlotte for their title at, at wrestlemania backlash i think that's let's go crazy let's make that the stakes um given situations. that yeah <laughs> now that we're now that we're in that space cuz this is the only way i can kind of like picture this going now that we're in that space i say you know charlotte doesn't pin anybody i don't think she gets pinned i think one of the others you know, pin each other. Um, it would be cool if Tiffany did it because it would just be like a moment where it's like, oh, she pinned Rhea Ripley, you know, like, you know, however it happened. It might, you know, not like straight up, like, you know, they got to it at the end and Charlotte was outside and she just straight up bested her, more like a situational, like kind of how Austin Theory um, had the the his situation with Spear and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like something like that. Um, but, yeah, I would say, yeah, I'd say let's give it to Tiffany and then let Rhea and Charlotte kind of fight it out and then let Tiff have that experience of being there to taunt the both of them because her character having time to do that is going to add to, you know, when, you know, the years down later when she has to, you know, talk crazy to people and whatnot. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going with Tiff. The reason I asked that question is, like, I after watching
2: her match at Battleground. And seeing that that like moonsault the top like the power up flipped finisher, I just so clearly saw her doing that against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Like, like I, you could she like she is like really good at wrestling. Like she is incredible, bro. Like you just I just I was not fully sold on it because the character for me was the whole little daddy's girl. I was like not really into that. That's kind of annoying. But watching her work like her last couple matches, like yeah, she's just an athlete, bro. Like. And that finisher is so hard, and I can just see her. I can see Charlotte having Rhea Ripley in like some type of figure four, figure eight type position, and she hits that moonsault on Rhea, and then pins her and Charlotte. Like, not because he falls away. I could just see it, and I just like. I think Tiffany Stratton is really gonna do a lot, and like, I think she could have, she could be up there in terms of title range. Like, I think she could maybe not hit Charlotte's number, but. I can see her being up there, dude. Like, I think she's going to be really good. And she doesn't have, like, like, I think Charlotte had, like, the 4 horsewomen. woman. Rhea has Bianca. Tiffany might time it up where she hits the main roster and doesn't have that many peers. Like, she might get there right ahead of Cora or right after Cora. And then depending on Rock, what they do with Roxanne, like, she might time it up where she has, like, a bunch of title reigns, bro. I could just very much associate her being on Monday Night Raw, some like Roman Reigns esque thousand
1: day reign as
2: women's champion type shit.
1: Especially if she's a heel, I I could see yeah. her being like kind of like Edge. Like Edge got a lot of his title reigns off of being a heel. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think I th- I think she's got the full package as a wrestler. All she really needs to do slow down on her promos that promo she got last week she was sprinting through it it looked like she was reading off of something that was on the ground i I don't know it looked like it was like yo you the character is there we all like want to you know like be a fan of yours even as a heel but you gotta you gotta kind of gotta own it a little more it feels like she's playing the part rather than like being the part um but yeah no she's she's great tiffany is tiffany's her i'm 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 a huge fan so that was that was a really good hypothetical. i I might have to run that on 2K and see see what happens. Hey <laughs> man, because Tiffany has been added to WWE 2K23. For all of you who don't play, Tiffany is a playable character now. So um, this match could very much so be a reality. Uh, but to close off free right. CC, what you got for us? Um,
0: all right, all right, guys, we're gonna get serious. We're gonna get very serial. Okay. Um, no, I mean it's just. I was, it's kind of goes back to the business thing I was thinking about, like, just all the people involved. Um, This was part of the reason why I was upset uh, at AEW in the first place is because, like I said, you know, there's all these different outlets now. All these, so many different people have access to do these things that, you know, it used to be only a smaller population could even do this wrestling thing. And now just look at the population of people who are even trying to do it you know, versus how many people are actually doing it and how many people are actually doing it. So when I look at that, I'm just like, there needs to be space for all these people to get their shit off, learn how to do it right and whatnot. Um, and with AEW clearly moving towards just shutting down doors at some point, um, it leaves all these people out here. And that kind of makes me think of like WWE. They had rehires for the last like year or so. They had call-ups just now. Um and then they got you know they're already advertising and there's you know rumors about certain people who are going to be coming back soon or whatnot and I just started to think like okay you know we've got a lot going on here we got a lot of people here between Smackdown and Raw so my question was like with all the you know the rehires call-ups injuries coming back or whatever like how do you think like managing that that large roster is going to go like do you think there's gonna end up just being cuts because it's too many people people just not being used at all how do you think how you guys think that's gonna go
1: I feel like cuts are inevitable um, Yeah, Um they happen every year it's a lot of people's favorites who get cut and you know those favorites may not necessarily be draws or attractions but a lot of people's favorites get cut like that's just some shit that happens like people were sad to see Rusev go and Rusev had a great you know what He was in the E for like six years. He had a great six years, uh, main roster six years. Um, You know, like you saw Braun Strowman get cut. You saw Keith Lee get cut. You see a lot of carrying. Aleister Black. Like it happens. It's inevitable. I think Triple H is very keen on keeping a larger roster because you need jobbers at the end of the day um and at the end of the day you can also just book who you want so you can book a competitive match like ko gunther on monday night raw and get what you get got out of that then you can also book gunther against fucking cedric alexander and have him cook him and give other people a break like you know there are ways to utilize talent without them wrestling um and i think the biggest hurdle that a lot of talent run into is they all think they should be more than what they are um, and a lot of them don't like shout out to like the Dolph Zigglers, the Baron Corbins, the Chad Gables, the people who kind of recognize it's not my time right now, but I can still be productive and effective for the betterment of the show for the betterment of the roster. Um, and so I think I, I don't I, cuts typically happen after Mania. No cuts have happened yet. Um, and I think a big part of that is obviously the Triple H running the regime. Like, we may see some later on or maybe this month because I remember some cuts happened in uh, I think like June 2020. Um, and stuff happens you know randomly throughout the year, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really predict anyone that would go like they're not going to cut the injured people, Randy Orton, Big E, Liv Morgan, like the Drew. Then, or, and I know Drew is figuring out his contract stuff, I'm pretty sure um i maybe aaliyah i don't want to see aaliyah go i I really fuck with aaliyah i think aaliyah's great but like you know she has she's been cleared since october she Mm -hmm. hasn't done anything so it's possible she could go i i I really don't know but i i don't think it's going to be one of those big kind of events or things that people you know harp on for a week like oh my god all these people went blah, blah blah because i think triple h recognizes having a roster, a a tiered roster. Like, I've got my main players. I've got people who are good hands, who can wrestle often. I've got the jobbers who I can just throw out there to enhance someone else's matches. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how I see it.
2: I think, obviously, I agree with all that. I think just on a booking side, I think what you're seeing also is, and I've been saying this for a long time, and I will continue to say it, there really aren't that many tag teams right now because the tag belts aren't really being defended and they're kind of wrapped up in the main event storyline. I think once the tag belts get separated or they figure something out with that, I bet you a lot of these people will end up in tag teams. So I think part of the problem is now that you have just a bunch of floaters because they aren't competing for any of the mid card or main event belts. And then Sammy and KO are facing Gunther and he's the IC champ. And so I think part of it is just that like, with Roman having both main titles for so long, and the tag team belts also being unified and being a part of the whole main event storyline, you just didn't have as much real estate for people to wrestle. And I think once that starts decompressing, like you're already seeing. Look at how, when was the last time you know the WWE championship was defended on Raw? Wasn't it like Biggie or something? It was like Big, Biggie, Lashley, Biggie Lashley,
1: Biggie Lashley, twenty twenty one.
2: So, like, even now you're seeing with having another champion, you have more matches, more fights, more people have stuff to do. And I think that's just, that was just a natural consequence of having all the belts tied up in one thing. It just felt like people didn't have stuff to do. And I think now that we're separating that, a lot of that will get worked out by having just, we're going to have a tournament for the next universal champion. We're going to have an eight man, all those matches, all them battle royals, like. That's what they need all the people for, and they'll be busy doing that and having tag team turmoil, ladder matches, and all kinds of nonsense.
0: I feel you on that. Yeah, I I I agree with Armand. It's not going to be dramatic, and I also agree with you, Chan. That it, clearly they know that you need different levels uh, of people to to kind of make this thing move. And it was funny because we, for when we first started this, we just kept asking for a little bit more of that. And now we got it. But I was just looking at this situation. I'm like, okay, I hope we don't make the balloon burst or anything like that. But, but yeah, no. Yeah.
2: I mean, some of these, some people will, like Armand says, it's, it's just part of business. Some of them will get cut or it's just like they tried it. It didn't hit. Like there's Mm -hmm. some people who just, Hey man, it, it wasn't, it wasn't your time. Maybe you'll build this up somewhere else. Come back. I mean, they say it all the time. Look at someone like Cody Levante Rhodes. <laughs> you try it, it pops, you rebuild. Now the American nightmare, dude. You know, just, it's, it's just some people it hits at different times. So, like get it. I as you get older, you realize when you're when you're young and your first time seeing your fave get cut, you're like, oh my God, this is the end. They'll never, I'll never see him again. But you realize, hey man, people figure it out. the ones Going to be that guy or that girl, they it, it hits it'll hit when it hits, so that's hey, bro, nothing, too,
1: bro. I, as a nine year old, had to deal with Brock Lesnar leaving the WWE,
2: bro. I thought I'd never see him again.
1: There's nothing that that, that can hurt me. There is no, there's, no, <laughs> there's, no one, there's no one, there's no one who could get cut that, that that'll hurt me the way that I was hurting watching that WrestleMania knowing he was going to be gone after losing to Goldberg. Now, Drew, Drew I, I don't know if I said it on this show. I don't know if I said it in Discord, but I'm, I'm going to say it here. I know people are speculating Drew might leave. He wants a bigger contract. He might go to AEW. I'm going to say it again if I've said it already. If Drew goes to AEW, I'm not following that nigga there. It's, <laughs> it's not happening. Drew, it's been great. 2020 was fantastic. The lead up to Clash of the Castle was fantastic. Nigga, I am not following you to All Elite Wrestling. You go be Drew Galloway over there. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm done. It's not happening. Shout out to a Claymore Kick shout out to the future shock ddt all that shit I'm not following you there but where i am following is to the rewrite segment and as we said in the patreon if you were listening or when i promoted the patreon which you should sign up for patreon.com backslash the hrnc we are rewriting debuts of several characters throughout the wwe history very extensive history so we can go near far Major stars, obscure stars, like we we can take it anywhere. So I'm interested in where the guys go. So um, whoever wants to kick it off, please do. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, sorry. Uh, you did you want to go? You can go. Oh, okay, I was
0: just gonna say, um, because mine is like pretty much in line. It's funny how the co- our conversation went or whatever we mentioned both of these people or whatever. Um, and actually, I think I forgot which one of you did. Like right after another. And as soon as I heard you say it, I was just like, oh, well, shit, that's my rewrite. So I'm, I'm going to just get back into it. So we are in 2021, I believe. Yes, we're in 2021. It's summer, late summer-ish or whatever. Um, you know, Big E and uh, Bobby just had that uh, that cage match where Big E hit the big ending off the, the second rope. uh <clears throat> put that nigga down put you know what i mean pause drew comes out points the sword at him another pause and just like yeah i'm coming after that championship and, <clears throat> and then you know we get in the the fade you know to go out or whatever but then the lights like cut off and like cut back on and then like cut off and then like cut back on and then there's like a smoky haze behind drew and then there's like a large shadowy figure coming towards drew from the smoke he's not seeing it it's behind him it's bearcat bitch that's right. It's Keith Lee. Keith Lee destroys Drew. He comes back as Bearcat and he just wrecks Drew. He just, you know, just fucks him up real bad. Steps on a sword, kicks it off like he's trying to kick up dust or whatever. Just like, oh, get this out of here or whatever. And then he never even acknowledges Big E. It's like he's not even there. He's just killing Drew. Then he just snarls at the camera. Then the show goes off the next week on Raw. Drew comes out. He's fired up. He calls out Keith Lee as he does. Whenever Drew gets jumped, he's like, "Nah, you about to come out here and get this ass whooping or whatever. Keith Lee could be seen uh, backstage walking furiously like through the tunnels or whatever. They like cut to the camera and he walking through. So you're like, oh, he's like knocking people over and shit or whatever. And then like you like, oh, shit, he about to go to the ring. We about to get this shit on him. Like right now, then his music hit. And then Drew's like in a, the ring, like radio, whatever. He like in a stance and shit. Then Keith Lee come from behind and hit him in the back with a chair and just start killing him with the chair is fucking him up. And then Keith Lee at this point has like a new finisher kind of thing, or maybe a secondary finisher thing. But it's like kind of like it's it's a power slammy kind of thing or whatever. But he does that right on a chair or whatever. Um, And the purpose of this is actually to kind of build up for when they go against each other. Because Keith Lee's uh, plan at this point is let's fuck up his back when he does the Claymore he has to land on his back if he lands on his back after he does the Claymore he might be in such so much pain from all the back pain, he might not be able to cover me for another six seconds which happens in the match that they end up having, Um, so uh then you know then he does that and then he just looks at the hard cam and he just growls or whatever he never talks because this is how you get him to be cool i'm sorry um and then later on we see drew and this is the, the same show drew's looking for keith he finds a, a a truck or whatever and he sees like you know keith lee like getting in you can see like half of his body like getting in and then um, Drew's like runs up to the truck and right as like he's getting close to like the back of the truck, like you see a white hand in a suit jacket, you know, a white person's hand, I meant to say, in a suit jacket, reach for the door and close it. And you're like, "Who was that? Or whatever. So then... Uh, Drew catches up to the car, uh, you know, but he like he tries to like hit it and stuff, but nothing really works. The driver just drives off. So the next week, Drew shows up on Raw, but this is the week after the draft, so he's supposed to be on SmackDown. And Adam Pearce is trying to get him to leave or whatever. He realizes, like, look, I can't get this guy out of here or whatever. So then Adam Pearce says, "Look, I have an I have an offer for you. Um, I'm going to make sure that Bearcat shows up under threat of whatever it is. Blah blah." blah. He's going to have a match with you or whatever. You guys are going to have a match, but you guys are going to have that one match. And regardless of what's going to happen, you have that one match and you go back to SmackDown. Can we agree on that? And Drew says, yeah, I'll take that or whatever, right? So boom, you got Drew versus uh, Bearcat later that night. It's a lot of crazy shit happening. It's a you know fire-ass match or whatever. Drew looks like he's down, but then he does like a reversal out of that slam that Bearcat did to him once in a chair or whatever. Um, and then, but like the way he does the reversal, he like gets out of it quick and he only has like so much time to kind of like get at Bearcat before he comes back at him. So he goes for like a short range Claymore, but they're kind of near the corner. So he ends up Claymore in the reference at a turnbuckle or whatever. But the way that like Keith Lee kind of like rolled out the way, or whatever he's not like at an advantage or anything so he gets up turns around runs into that fucking claymore and then drew realizes that he can't pin him because the ref is down so then he goes to, to check on the ref while the ref is down he's like what the fuck or whatever and then he turns around and then boom motherfucker super kick you know who it is adam cole baby <laughs> and then adam cole is super kiss him two more times you know after he gets that that third one off or whatever he's out the ring the ref eventually gets up uh bearcat uh uh just eventually like beats drew with that same move or whatever you know puts him down and he wins or whatever and then drew has to go back off the smackdown pissed off that he like lost like that with raw so there's still like a tie between him and like bearcat there's still that string there that you can pull um so then bearcat goes on to have some you know it all gets revealed adam cole is bearcat's manager Uh, bearcat goes on to have some good matches with damian priest and some other people and um Around this same time that all this stuff is happening, Edge had just come off of his, his feud with like Seth Rollins a little while prior, and you know at this point he doesn't do the Miz and Maurice thing. All he's worried about at this point is just you know basically going to, to Royal Rumble because he wants to get a shot or whatever. Um, so uh, you know Edge is like doing promo about going to Royal Rumble or whatever. Adam Cole like interrupts him or whatever, and then Adam Cole and Edge one-on-one at the Royal Rumble because this could have had you just not this could have but uh you know Edge and and I do they have a good-ass match or whatever but Edge ends up winning um even with Keith Lee interrupting because Damian Priest comes out to help Edge remember I said Damian Priest and Bearcat have some matches or whatever basically they screwed Damian Priest out of that or whatever so Damian Priest comes to help Edge and what do they do later I don't know maybe form a group um and then so all four of them are in a royal rumble along with drew or whatever so you got all these ties all these people fucking each other up and all of them like trying to get at each other is part of the reason why brock wins still wins like he does in real life but kind of you know it's less about him being way more powerful than everybody than him like being powerful and like everybody being distracted so um kind of like that kind of situation um Cole ends up talking his way into getting Bearcat into the elimination chamber and then he has some feuds with like a few people here and there over time or whatever um and but all the while like Bearcat's like the guy that you know they're really trying to get up so he's doing most of the work or whatnot Adam Cole isn't really having matches and stuff he's being more like maniacal behind the scenes you know every once in a while he'll get involved and super kick somebody or something like that um but Bearcat ends up having a triple threat match for the IC title at WrestleMania or whatever. Um, And at that point, you know, it looks like he's going to take it. And Adam Cole basically like screws him out of the, the championship and they like break off and Adam Cole goes to be off his like single thing. And then that's how you turn Bearcat into a wrecking ball monster. But this, he's also a face now because he was just the big guy who was being manipulated and now he's done wrong. Aww. And then boom, now you can talk now, buddy and say your weird words and it would make sense (laughs) but uh but yeah that was me trying to book what it probably would have looked like had you guys just fucking stayed and tried this out but uh but yeah Adam Cole debut on top of a a re-debut for Bearcat
2: Adam Cole will be back It's telling you guys, I I I refuse to believe Adam Cole never wrestles in WWE. I just, I refuse to believe that happens, bro. I just, I just, I just, I know, I know as someone who is like kind of a nerd and these wrestlers are nerds, like they're, these are the deep wrestling nerds. I know they sit and they don't talk about this. They don't, they don't, the only person they talk to this about is probably their therapist and their wives. I know they sit at home and see that Cody Rose pop, that eats at them, bro. bro. And I know Adam Cole thinks about that, that baby, how that used to ring out, bro. I know, I know that eats at him every Monday night, bro. bro. The
1: way I, Sheamus, the, the the way Sheamus seemed like the hottest wrestler on the planet in 2022, that was either Keith Lee or Adam Cole's time, if things worked out better.
2: I just know, I stay see, I know that just. It makes you sick to your stomach watching. I know you hurting, bro. <laughs> I know you I know you at the crib with Brandy just bad, bro. Yeah. Hey man, that's your that's your life, man.
1: <laughs> Chan, what you got for us?
2: Cool being. So I was prophetic? Today when we're recording this on Tuesday, January sixth, twenty twenty three. I wrote this early in the day. I wrote this like on my lunch break. Today, Adam Pierce tweets, I'm hiring security. Just know that. Independent things. I didn't know that was happening today. He tweeted that. He he saw my vision and executed it. So, you guys remember Survivor Series 2021? Uh, We had the Rock promo with the egg. In In this story, instead of Mr. McMahon's egg, it is Adam Pierce's egg. Adam Pierce is like, I've lost my egg. Somebody's finding it. In this story, Pat McAfee is actually one who finds the egg. He is about to return it to Adam Pierce. When, who is that? Oh no, Austin Theory jumps. Pat McAfee takes the egg, returns it to Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is like, perfect. You know, I always knew I could respect you. Then come Friday, Adam Pierce in a backstage segment, and he's, he's talking to, um, down here? Oh, Sami Zayn, because this is still like Uso territory, and he's like, you know what, Sammy? I'm sick. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of how y'all come in here and talk to me and demand matches. You know what? That's why I hire some uh, some muscle. I hired someone who could show you superstars how to act. Boom, Austin Theory comes out, chumps Sami Zayn, which leads to a a match with Sammy Zayn later that night, where which Austin Theory gets over because Jimmy and Jay cannot figure out how to help Sammy, which, again, playing into the whole storyline. So, as we continue through the storyline, um, Austin Theory debuts against Finn Balor, he, which earns him a spot in the Royal Rumble. He enters at number three and is eliminated by a surprise entrant, Pat McAfee. thus continuing continue their feud. At Elimination Chamber, um, Austin Theory defeats Kevin Owens to earn a spot. Adam Pierce books him into Elimination Chamber. He is the last man standing against Brock Lesnar and is the last person eliminated. Because of this, and also because Theory then saves uh Adam Pierce from Brock Lesnar for throwing him in the match to begin with. Um, Austin Theory gets a WWE title shot against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar quickly wins the match, but it is very humiliating for Austin Theory. So humiliating that th- Pat McAfee goes onto his show the next day and spends a whole 15-minute segment just making fun of Austin Theory and how stupid he looks. This obviously enrages Austin Theory, so the next day on Pat McAfee's show, he storms into his live stream, beats up him and his friends at the very end, and then walks off stage. So, come Friday, we cut to the commentary table. It's Michael Cole there with, who is that? Oh, Austin Theory is now on commentary. That's right. Adam Pearce has said, you know who could, could really use on commentary? a real voice of WWE, someone who really understands wrestling and upper coming, not only superstar, but voice on the mic, Austin Theory. So Austin Theory is now on commentary with Adam Cole. As any of you who've watched SmackDown know, my I mean, not Adam Cole, Michael Cole loves Pat McAfee, so he's very sad about this. Uh, so at the very end of SmackDown, you know, Austin Theory's done an okay job. You cut behind, there's someone in a black, you know, no logo zip-up jacket, fully zipped up inside with the hood on and hat. Oh, wait a minute. That's Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee jumps over the barricade, jumps Austin Theory, challenges him to a match at WrestleMania. So, during the match at WrestleMania because of some chicanery on the part of Adam Pearce, Austin Theory does win the match. After winning the match, Austin Theory jumps Pat McAfee. Michael Cole comes out to the ring to stop the beating of one of his besties. Austin Theory then Hits um Adam, Michael Cole with the A-Town down. And then um Austin Theory is in the ring celebrating with Adam Pearce, calling himself the new authority. Oh, break glass. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. Stunner, Austin Theory. Stunner, Adam Pearce. Stunner, Michael Cole. Thus starting um Austin Theory on his new gimmick, which is what I like to call Legend Killer 2.0, a.k.a. Time to Kill the Old Heads. So, he goes through and has a number of feuds uh, with Old Heads leading to a match against WrestleMania at the following WrestleMania a la Kevin Owens, where Austin Theory does lose to Stone with Steve Austin, but he gets his very big rub. There you go.
0: That is amazing. <laughs> I is-
2: I like that Mike. I think the McMahon storyline had some merit. It was just like no one likes Vince, and so that made it weird. But if you had that storyline, I feel like with someone else, it could be much more palatable.
1: I don't disagree. Yeah. You know, you spin, you spin. Shit, okay. mine might not be as great, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it to pandemic time. There were there were some debuts within the pandemic, you know, we got Matt Riddle on the main roster we got keith lee who came up on the main roster but there was a faction a faction that was the talk of the internet by the name of retribution retribution which you know had good old slapjack t-bar mace uh retaliation who was the other person slapjack t-bar mace reckoning I say reckoning, reckoning. yeah And so they were eventually led by Mustafa Ali, and then they disbanded. So I'm taking it back. They debuted August 2020. Now, if you remember, something major happened that month as well at SummerSlam. A guy by the name of Roman Reigns came back. And so at SummerSlam, we expected Retribution was going to come in during that Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, you know, no holds bar match, something like that. So the, The Fiend wins the match. And instead of Roman Reigns spearing the feed, uh, spearing the fiend, Retribution jumps the fiend. Then Roman Reigns comes. Roman Reigns comes out. Roman Reigns is leading Retribution. So Roman Reigns leads them for a while. He he. The the next week, no, it, they had a what match did they have? They had some type of match at SummerSlam, and then Payback. They had the No Holds Barred Triple Threat. So they have the No Holds bar Triple Threat match. Um... And Roman Reigns is actually in the title match. Retribution jumps Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Roman Reigns comes in, pins one of them, wins the title. So Roman Reigns is leading Retribution. Jimmy Uso, or uh, Jey Uso returns. If you remember, as soon as Roman wins the title, Jay Uso returns. Jay comes, he's like, yo, was good, bro. I've been texting you. I saw you. And then, you know, Roman's like, y'all been busy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, blah, blah, all that. But, you know, you good, right? And then Jay is in that Fatal 4-Way title uh, Contenders match. That night, so Jay wins it. So the next week, Jay comes out. He's talking to Roman, and Retribution is like around the ring, and Jay's like, "Yo, what's good? Like, you you, you had the bloodline. Like, why why you need all these dudes like Ali and Slapjack and like and like Jay calls them like wrong names because Jay just be saying shit. He calls them like you know Rickoning and and you know Slapface and 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 Jace. Like he just calls them random shit. Roman's like you know like." My career, you know, I've I've kind of walked alone, and I've had a lot of things, you know, fall by the wayside for me. Like aside when I was in the Shield, and it's just like I kind of needed a stronger presence than the Shield, so I got these guys. But you know, I really hope that you win. You know, the contenders match tonight, so you know I I can see you at Clash of Champions. Um, Jay wins the match. Clash of 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 champions comes up. Roman and Jay have their match. Jay looks like he's about to win. Ali trips him on the turnbuckle. Jay falls, Roman Superman, punch spear, pins him. The following SmackDown, Jay's like, yo, bro, I had you. Like, if 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 your retribution guys, you know, didn't get involved, he's like, well, this is my family now. So when it comes to me losing the throne that I have, they're going to get involved to help me preserve what I have. Like, I'm sorry, you know, but similar to what he said in real life, It's like, I got you a paycheck. You've never gotten a paycheck like that before. You you were in the main event of a match. Like you've you've never you've never seen anything like that before. Like you should be happy with what I gave you. But if you want another match against me, you got it. So they have the they have the I Quit match inside Hell in a Cell. Roman and Jay go at it. It's spicy. Um, Jimmy comes as Jimmy is approaching the cell. Retribution comes out. Beats the fuck out of Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy gets cooked. Jimmy goes cook. So, so Roman can actually submit him, make him quit without without Jimmy needing anything. And then Jay has to fall in line on retribution. And then with, with Roman's actual blood getting involved, Roman is showing favoritism towards Jay because Jay is finally falling in line. So Ali, Slapjack, all of them they're like, hey man, you know, like this this guy's new. Like we, we've been with you for months, and you're kind of showing favoritism towards him. And Roman's like, well, you know, you guys were kind of what I needed at the time but like Jay is my family like he's always going to come first and so Jay and Mustafa Ali are you know, like you know kind of bickering going at, going back and forth getting at it and their their tension kind of hits ahead because they're both on the Survivor Series team Survivor Series 2020. for, for um where well, retribution was on raw but they come over to Smackdown to be with Roman so Mustafa Ali joins the Survivor Series team and Jay doesn't save him when he's getting pinned so Ali starts a fight with him and then Jay gets pinned Smackdown loses so Roman's mad so he puts them in a match he's like Ali if you lose you and all your guys are out Jay if you lose you're out I'm sorry you're my family but I've got to maintain the stone that I have so you know whoever like is who, gonna be my strongest allies is who I need to keep so this match will determine it Jay beats Ali, Retribution gets sent to the wayside. Roman and Jay actually beat the fuck out of all of them after the match to really fully like get them off. And this is one of those those like beatdowns where it's like, oh, like you guys are gonna be off TV for a while. So Roman and Jay just completely cooked them. And then we get the bloodline starting. Um, and then a year later, Jimmy and everything. And this starts the whole blood because I think the thing with Roman that was so fascinating to me is like. He's obviously who he is, a really strong champion, but he's he's also very paranoid. He's very insecure. He needed the bloodline. He needs those guys to kind of uplift him in moments where he could get got, like in the Finn match, in the, in the Drew McIntyre match, in the Brock matches. So he gets these retribution guys because it's like, oh, like, I'm back. I'm the tribal chief. People are hyped that I'm back. Like, I'm about to take over this shit. And then he kind of recognizes, like, keeping family close is better than keeping some randoms close. Um, so yeah, that's that's my rewrite. Roman leads. Roman Reigns leads retribution upon his return, um, and it gets spicy. But he ultimately chooses family over slapjack and Mace <laughs> and, and T bar. You know that's well,
0: int- that's interesting because um, essentially with Sammy was kind of his lesson was trying to see how much he could expand the group or whatever. And then, like, learning he couldn't manage outside of, like, family or, you know, maybe that's what, it, you know what it is. And having that with, like, an even larger group would be, but, like, the same kind of lesson would be super interesting. It would also be interesting to see, like, you know, I forgot what the timeline you said that was or whatever, but, like, if you, it would be hilarious for, like, Ali and the rest of Retribution to go against the bloodline and war games or whatever, or some weird shit like that, but... No, yeah, the, the different stuff that could have came out of that. Also, potentially seeing where people could go individually, seeing where Mace could have gone individually, even Ali or whatever, you know. After that, that's interesting. That would have been that would have been hilarious to see. I'd have liked that. I only, I the only issue I think is
2: that, die. I'm just gonna die. Jack and Mace and Massey are like too big. <laughs> and like I don't know if Roman would have liked because even with like Seth and Dean like it was clear like I'm the big nigga here and even with the bloodline like I'm the big dog and like Dijak mad tall bro <laughs> he like six I don't know if Roman likes to stand next to two dudes who's like clearing him low key high-wise. but also I think what you said was prophetic because I would say approximately three to five years from now there will 100% be a Smackdown where in which Ali faces Jay Uso and people are like, should Ali be the new WWE champion? Like, that'll be his Kofi Mania match. Like, that match will definitely happen. Like, the way you explain, I'm like, yeah, that's going to happen. Like, that's 100%. Yep. And then people are going to be like, oh my God, Ali's, they're going to remember Ali's good because we're going to have forgotten because it'll be three years from now. And then it'll be, it'll be like the start of Kofi Mania and like when he got hurt. Like, remember, he, Kofi Mania was supposed to be him. He got hurt. But so he should face Roman and people get all hyped up about it. And it, well, I mean, it may happen at the time. Who fucking knows? But. I definitely see that happening 100%. Like, whenever they decide that, like, not quasi reboot the bloodline, but whenever Roman, like, I'm sure after this long reign, he'll be off TV for a little bit, or maybe he'll do like a lesser few to get somebody over. But whenever he bubbles back up into being the big champion again, Ali will definitely have some random match against one of his flunkies or something. And everyone will be like, oh, yeah, this Ali guy can wrestle.
1: It is always funny when people remember Ali is a good worker because yeah. <laughs> that's just never, that's never not been a thing. It's, never,
2: it's not the issue. Like,
1: like, what the fuck is his character? Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I got. And that's what we got, ladies and gentlemen. So that is our rewrite this week. We are taking debuts and giving you second impressions, second chances on certain debuts. So if you guys have any thoughts on who um, whose debut you would love to rewrite, we would love to hear it in the Patreon comments on Twitter. Let us know. Of course, again, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC. Follow us on Twitter at the and Instagram, actually, the A-Show RNC. Follow us individually on our social media platforms. I know I'm Armand Sather. He's Grandpa Chan. Cece, what's your Twitter again? Is it um, Lil, Quixote. Lil, Lil Quixote, L-I-L-Q-U-I-X-O-T-E? Yes, sir. Also make sure you follow all of us. Talk wrestling with us. Talk it in, in, in a manner that is, you know, like that we would actually want to talk to you about it. Like, don't don't be a loser. Like, as simple as that. Just, just don't be a loser. But, um, yeah, of course, this is the rear rise Room. So for myself, for Chan, for CeCe, the man with the pen, we'll see you all very soon. Enjoy this episode.